Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today I'm with Molly Kelly. She's a returning guest and one of my favorite podcast guests. Oh, Zenium. you flatter me. <laughs> oh, Molly, you're, you're awesome. Last time we talked about FLSA regs. I know, and it doesn't get more exciting than that, does it's it? It's pretty exciting, but today we're going to talk about a, a very lighter, like a much lighter topic, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about email. There's so many issues uh, from communication to efficiency and just how it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. You ran, ran across a really neat article. It's a very okay. short one in Inc.com. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just uh, talk about like maybe the headline? and then uh, like summarize the article for us is very interesting. So we, I spotted this and for whatever reason, it just immediately grabbed my attention. So it's by Tom Gimbel and it's called what happens when your company turns off email, (laughs) the surprising rewards of hosting a no email day at your office. So this was through Inc uh, magazine and it's a wonderful, you know, kind of just a quick look at what can happen when you step away from the email culture that we're all so tightly embedded in. So the author essentially mentions that for one day, one time a quarter, they have a no email day and your email stays closed. You pick up the phone to talk to contacts. You get up and you walk over to a coworker's desk to tell them something versus emailing. So it's one out of 90 days. He points out it's not that much. And he said that they they do give people a 30-minute break um, in case there's an urgent client email. So you're not really even doing this. <laughs> no. He said that, you know, apparently some people will cheat occasionally and they have a lot of fun from that. But he said that he's noticed and that their team has noticed a really interesting trend. So some of those trends, you guys would probably anticipate this already, but they have more actual conversations with clients. And he noted specifically they hear the energy in our voices and the enthusiasm our team wants to wants to convey. So I think that's really amazing. He mentioned more conversations within the office and that it's kind of team building. When somebody does cheat, there's a lot of teasing around that. And that there is also a, what he calls a stepping out of the box moment. He says that it really makes the team reflect on how dependent upon email they've become. Hmm. And he said that many of their clients love it. They all agree that emails can be misunderstood. So that was the initial article. And that just got me kind of off on this topic. And I started researching it. And there's, there's so many other articles. Um, Harvard Business Review um, back on June 8th of 2016, so recently, had an article called Some Companies Are Banning Email and Getting More Done. Unreal. Yeah. I don't even believe that. No, seriously. They had some interesting statistics in here. So, for instance, this this author, who's David Burkus, um, notes, we send over 108 billion email messages every day. Email takes up to 23% of the employee, the average employee's workday. And that most employees are sending somewhere around 112 emails every day. So, I mean, that's not even just mentioning what you're receiving. And in this article, they actually are citing a really interesting French company called Atos Origin that is a, a high-tech company that has a, an email ban. 
So it started in 2011. The uh, CEO of this organization decided that in three years' time they were going to ban email. They haven't completely achieved that, but they reduced email by 60%. And interestingly enough, Brandon, for my my skeptical, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the complete <laughs> needing skeptical to be, side. yeah, indeed. Well, they've had uh, they haven't hit their zero percent email, but they have reduced email overall by 60% going from an average of 100 email messages per employee per week to 40. And then their operating margin has increased from 6.5% to 7.5. And their earnings ran by, raised actually more than 50%. And they're citing this email reduction as part of that. So there you have it, Harvard Business Review. I'd like to see you push back on me, my friend. I'm pushing back here. Okay, so the first thought I have is, what is the overall goal? Is it we're not being like emails making us less efficient. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, that's one side of it. The other side of it would be our relationships damaged by the so much email, because I look at the, if you look at the spectrum of business over the years, all we had was telephone and walking face to face. And that was how we communicated. So I get that. Mm -hmm. Then you have email, which makes us more efficient, having conversations, sharing files back and forth and sending quick memos Mm -hmm. and now you're on the spectrum of now we have instant messaging tools like slack so what is the alternative to these companies that are banning email because you're either going backwards to the stone age or you're going you're going to force them to use instant messaging tools to share in files or whatnot because i do think email makes us more efficient right it's more efficient than picking up the phone and making small talk yeah and then but, but sure you have the yeah, the, the voice inflection you have, you know, you can read emotion and all those things. Yeah. But from an efficiency standpoint, I do think it's still more efficient than walking yeah. to somebody's desk. Well, that's a good point. So for Atos, they actually did create, they, they worked to create social media site so that basically people have conversation streams yeah. where they and can... And it's live, like people yeah. can see it. It's basically a social network for the entire enterprise. So they he notes in here that they organized the network around 7,500 open communities representing the various projects that mm. require collaboration. So there is a substitute for that in this case. And people, what he was noting is that the difference is, is that it's not something pinging in your inbox and diverting your attention. Another article that I found, good point. researcher notes that that it, they estimate that it takes 64 seconds to get back to work after checking a new message. And that shows, other studies have shown that that can add up to a lost hour every day. Yeah, and I 100% agree yeah. with, with that because if you have notifications, you're constantly looking at your email inbox waiting for the next right. email. It's going to be hard to bounce back and forth between tasks and just get started all over again. Mm-hmm. So I think there's ways to like become more efficient in using email Mm-hmm. Anyways, and yeah. maybe checking it three times a day or removing notifications and, and doing those sort of things. Right. But. I, I might be biased here, and I, I am fully aware that to, <laughs> to a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? But to a trainer, you know, my thought is, and this is part of why I had this aha moment and wanted to share this with you as a topic, is when you think of something that is so intrinsic to how businesses run every day, I mean, it is like breathing for most of us in most positions. Um, maybe barring manufacturing, but even many of our leads or, you know, supervisors um, and individual employees are working on email as well, even on a manufacturing floor. So when you think about something that is so basic to business culture, there is next to no training that most people are given around how to construct an email. Um, There's so many people who in my trainings will list off pet peeves around email, run on sentences, um, you know, no Mm. action item, fuzzy, weird, vague subject lines. 
um, CCing and BCCing people who have no reason to be on that email. Agreed. You know, these mass copies, you know, carbon copies, it's just ridiculous. Or replials. Yeah. And yet, you know, none of us have been trained on this. And I, I, you know, I do a little bit of, I touch on some of these trainings and some of the trainings that we do. And it's amazing how vehement people are. I mean, they're really passionate about their email pet peeves. And yet the person sitting next to them says, oh, I didn't know it was offensive to write in all caps. I didn't know. I never thought of that. Isn't that bizarre, Molly? Because <laughs> I, in, until you said something, I didn't really think of it. But the the wide range of um, uses for email and how people communicate yeah. so differently. You're talking about the one person with all caps. Some people are really short. Some people use tons of emojis and smiley faces and, and want to bring that emotion to the email when where you really can't. Yeah. And you know, other people just you know want to write a novel. Yeah. Whereas picking up the phone and might make more sense. Yeah. So it was like, there is a train. I think there's a training issue, and yeah. everybody's trained. Even if they are trained, they're trained so differently. Yeah, and maybe it's not even training as much as awareness. I mean, I, yeah. I see a lot of. I, I hear from a lot of managers um, increasingly right now. Actually, uh, I don't know if it's a trend right now or what's going on, but you know, a lot of managers saying, you know, I get emails from my direct reports all the time that have nothing to do with me, and I feel like it's CYA. So I'm covering myself in case I get in trouble. You were looped in. That way I can point and say, but you knew about this. And the best uh, email gurus will tell you really consistently, you don't put someone on an email that doesn't have an action item. You know, unless there's something that they really need to know, you know, then you can easily summarize it, you know, later on for them if it comes up or, you know, get together in a face-to-face meeting. But if there's not an action item involved in that email for that person and you're purely just looping them in, really rethink is this something that they truly would need to you know be aware of or can you pass it by and say yeah you know we'll 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 catch up on this later on yeah Um, it seems to be you know also we see email abused for the really tough conversations so from an hr perspective it's a it's a no-brainer that you never want to have disciplinary conversations purely over email no it's okay to chase with it but we see it we see you know an email First time you're aware of it, Brandon, I'm concerned about your arrival time at work. You know, it's the first notice you've had of that. Should never happen via email. It should always be a face-to-face conversation. Then often email is a great way of, you know, kind of documenting on the back end. But unfortunately, we As have, a, like you're saying, like a summari- summarizing yeah, what we just talked about. Yeah, thank you for meeting with me. Yes. We, we discussed your arrivals at work and how you've been drifting later. We've got some plans to kind of make that, you know, get that dialed back in. But it's never a first notice, you know. And certainly when there's conflict in email, that's the moment to stop. Don't yeah. send a response. Pick up the phone, you know. Better yet, give yourself some time to settle down. Pick up the phone or meet with the person in person. But, you know, email is not a great way to resolve conflicts either. Yeah. When when you do have conflict and it's the first time that it's arising, yeah. hiding behind email seems to be like yeah. th- the easy way out, but it doesn't right. give the, the person on the receiving end a chance to get an explanation and, and yeah. really ask the questions. So that from an emotional standpoint and just an overall communicate, like open yeah. communication standpoint, that's it's terrible, right? Yeah. So one of the things that's really critical, and I'm going to get the statistics wrong, I'm, I'm not a numbers person other than when I've got them right in front of me like I have so far today, but um, there's something like 75%, I believe, of human communication is based on two things, body language, you know, how you're holding yourself, and then voice inflection, tone of voice. So when you cut those two pieces out and you're left with, let's say, 20%, you know, 25%, 
of written words. Um, that is often why we see communication go astray in email, where people essentially are reading the same comment and they're hearing two totally different things. You I'm know, guilty of that. the yeah, the tone of voice isn't there, so we're yeah. we're apt to react defensively pretty quickly to something that was meant to be completely innocuous, yeah. not an issue. Yeah. Know? Well, it's funny I, on the receiving end of some emails because I'm a I you know I tend to have the emotional side of me, and yep. if I if I read an email that's like. I take it as, oh my God, is she mad at me? Yeah. Or like, what's going on? Like, what did I do? You know? But to your point, like, two people reading the same exact email could interpret it completely different because the emotion doesn't come through. And you, and you see that, I mean, it's not just you and me that feel that way, Brandon, because you see people, you know, basically covering for that deficiency by, or the, the lack of the purity of the communication without the tone and the body language by emoticons. I mean, they're everywhere, every yeah, sentence. I was going to ask you, know? you about that. Like the, the emoticons, the emojis, all yep. the things that exist now to yep. help bring emotion into text-based exactly. communication. Exactly. Do you think it's helping? I am an over-emoter, so my husband will always, yeah. It's, fun. I like it. it's funny to me. <laughs> it I, drives I everybody that I know crazy because I'm you know, i I'm usually the three exclamation point, smiley face, you know, yeah. um, cute cat, you know, gal. So I, I'm probably an over-user, and it's exactly that because I depend so much on face-to-face communication day-to-day that yeah. um, email can make me really insecure. And as somebody who comes from a writing background, it takes me forever to craft a difficult email. Um, yeah. And difficult for me is typically not the emotionally difficult. I won't won't send those via email, but something where I'm trying to explain a really complex idea. The rule of thumb is you usually want to have it basically just, you know, your email should fit within one screen. People shouldn't have to scroll above, down. In marketing language, right. above the fold. Above basically. the fold, exactly. And for me, I am very wordy, very, yeah. what a surprise, right, to everybody but you, who's listening. you're beautiful with your words. <laughs> you're so great. Well, and it's just, it breaks my heart to, to cut any of them out. So it's really hard for me to explain complex things or emotional things in email because I... I second guess myself all the time. And I think a lot of us do. I think it's a common common challenge. So one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the fact that our wor- our workforces are becoming a lot more remote. Yeah. So when yeah. you don't have the opportunity to have a face-to-face and maybe uh, a phone call mm-hmm. is an option, but you know, it's like, eh, I'm just going to send an email. Mm-hmm. Do you think for that type of situation, email is ever appropriate even in a disciplinary situation? Or do you think you should always still hop I on think... a phone call or even like a video conference if you can? Yeah. You know, I think, um, the wonders of GoToMeeting and Skype these days yeah. have really um, supplanted that. I've had a couple of situations where we've had to do terminations remotely, and it is so awkward. And obviously, that's not something you would ever email, but even GoToMeeting, it's been very uncomfortable just due to some pretty extreme circumstances where we found out something that was really egregious, had to you know, terminate in that moment and couldn't get a manager on the plane fast enough to get there. Um, you know, typically it's in situations of violence or theft yeah. or, you know, really serious um, issues. But, um, you know, unfortunately, that's one of the most intense conversations you can have needs to happen over go to meeting or a cell phone, you know, phone connection versus, you know, in person. And in terms of that kind of day to day bonding with a remote team, we've talked about that before. I think, you know, email is great, but a lot of companies, I've got a couple that I can think of right now that are really leaning on GoToMeeting chat functions so that they can actually see each other throughout the day. Hmm. If, you know, they actually will have their monitors up. One monitor is, you know, one location. The mo- another monitor is another location, and they're chatting back and forth to each other, or they just turn around and talk to each other via the GoToMeeting connection. So it makes you feel like you're part of the office. So for some cultures, that works really well too. Yeah, I'm thinking, and going back to this article about the no email day. I mean. I- 
I don't know if that's ever realistic, but I think if we can shift over to like a, a use of go to meeting or yeah. even instant messaging like Skype with you, where you have the option of the, yep. the, an audio conference, video conference, or yeah. even just the chat and just having those tools at our disposal, I think that would make us more efficient in some cases, allow us yeah. to still bring emotion into uh, the, the our voice inflection into like the communication. Yeah. But going back to the time management piece, yeah. I still wonder if those things are so distracting where it how do you work be. on a project when yeah. you're getting IM'd by right, four right. or five people all at once? Yeah. And you know, a lot of people um, that I've talked to have shifted away from both having the IM chat function up and also from having the email alerts pop up. So a lot of us have a little bubble from Outlook or, you know, whatever it might be that you're using for your email that, you know, let you know when you have a new email you know, the experts recommend get rid of that as fast as you can, because again, that contributes to that diversion of attention. And especially when you're having, you know, heads down project time, we've all gotten used to this, everything right now, everybody's accessible right now, culture, where if I email you or I text you, I'm expecting an instant response. Yeah. And that just isn't realistic. To me, best practice would be 24 hours. Yeah, I agree. Do you agree with I that? Agree. Okay. Yeah, most of the, the CEOs and the folks that, you know, are, again, are, are kind of dialed in around their time management are typically batching, meaning they're collecting, they're doing mm -hmm. their work in certain set amounts of time. So maybe they check their email from seven to eight in the morning and then they commute in and they get settled in and they check email again for 15 minutes. And then they're working for a good solid two, three hours. Then they pop back on email around 1130, you know, 12 o'clock, look at emails, answer email for maybe an hour and then pop back off and work on project time. And what most of us are doing is bouncing back and forth between email and then whatever you know our main core duties are you know and a lot of meetings you know so then you wind up being very scattered you know the number one thing that a job applicant will tell you these days is i multitask very well well multitasking isn't real because <laughs> you you're not putting 100 percent of attention into either <laughs> right exactly so i mean there are times when that can be beneficial obviously you know somebody who's at a reception role in a front desk where they have to you know respond to people who are walking in and the phones and email um, you know, as well as project work, you know, that's appropriate. But, you know, again, to your point, multitasking isn't the be all end all when we really need to dive deep in projects. So a lot of people, again, are turning off that reminder of emails, you know, it's around communication with your customers and your team that, you know, I, I'll be unavailable from this time to this time working on a project. If you have immediate need, please route to so and so, you know, so maybe it's an out of office, or maybe it's just training your coworkers that they might need to be on point while your head's down. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say the batching thing. I've read two time management books probably in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. Most recent one is called The Productivity Project, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. He talks about batching. Yep. And I, I just wonder if it's realistic for the normal person who's yeah. sort of serving internal and external customers. Yeah. But you just said something that was interesting, and you said training your training the yep. people yep. and what that i think what you meant by that is really just in your actions and behaviors if you're batching at yeah. these times people are going to figure it out yep, that exactly. hey you respond during these times yeah. and if you need something immediately you're going to either pick up the phone right. you're going to send a text message right. walk over to the desk yeah what do you think from like a uh, just a cultural standpoint like yeah if you start doing that and everybody starts doing that in an office yeah what sort of behavioral changes will happen 
You know, I, I've seen, you know, I can only speak to my own um, experience, but I think as long as you're, you're teeing that up, um, it kind of goes back to a book that we recently read in our book club about how to say anything to yeah. anyone, you know, and essentially um, the idea that you're setting expectations in the relationship up front, um, how, how to best work with me, right? So essentially, you know, with my, um, you know, I think about my two direct reports that are on site with clients. I've told them if you have an emergency, you know, just text me SOS. I mean, I'll know immediately that I need to call you. I can step out of whatever I'm doing with the only exception being a training, let's say. But, you know, with my my newer clients that I take on, I always mention, you know, I'm one of the lead trainers for Zenium. I may have four hour blocks of time where I'm not available, but that's the beauty of having a team. So I'm kind of resourcing, you know, the, the additional support that we have here. And then within my internal team, I think, you know, we've really um, kind of trained each other that, you know, email, cell phone, whatever it takes if there's an emergency, but also realizing that, you know, my emergency may not be your emergency and that we need to be forgiving a little bit if there's some, you know, silence for a couple of hours. I think most of us, you know, will will typically have eyes on email every two hours or thereabouts. And it really is then at that point a triage situation. So really training your coworkers, your clients that, if it's something urgent, putting the word urgent in the email is really important. And then realizing that with some people, you're going to have to come back and have a follow-up conversation around what equals urgent. Lost cat, maybe not urgent to some people, <laughs> maybe very urgent to another, right? So I think it's around that conversation from the get-go of just sort of saying, here's how I work. Here's how I'm most effective. And especially if you're talking to a client, they love this. You know, here's how I'm most effective for you. I need to be heads down working on your handbook you'll know that I need a two hour block of time. You're not going to hear from me on other little, you know, benefits questions, but you can go immediately to the benefits team. So, you know, again, it's very culturally different. You you hit on that point, And I wanted to mention that, that what that's one thing that we see over and over again with new hires is a sort of a shock and awe when they come from one company culture to another, because company culture varies around email use. Yeah. So there's some companies that email everything and, you know, constant back and forth. And there's some companies that, you know, we barely touch email. Everything's in person. So I think really realizing, kind of taking a look at your own culture if you have a new hire and thinking about it be interesting to hear what their take on our culture is around email and then getting that conversation going and, and maybe thinking about what could we be doing differently like like this gentleman did where we've got a 90-day, you know, every every 90 days we have a break from email for a day. Let's just try it and see what happens. It's really tough. Yeah. It's funny because... Me being on the marketing side of the world, I've always kind of, I've, I've heard the marketing articles that I always say like, email's dead, is it dead? Yeah. Big question mark. And I've, the way I've always kind of looked at it is because you have all these new technologies, social media and, you know, Slack and yeah. these internal communication tools and whatnot. And I keep coming back to the fact that, and why, why email's so still widely used mm-hmm. and, and there's studies that say, you know, millennials, are they still using email? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes. And yeah. the reason why is because when you're talking about internal and external communication, mm-hmm. everybody's on email. Yep, absolutely. Everybody has to have an email to sign up for Netflix. Everybody has to have an email uh, at their work. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people have a Gmail account or Yahoo or whatever, just that's yeah. free. Yeah. And when you're talking about some of these other sophisticated communication tools, a lot of times, it's only internal communication. Yeah, I and 
that's why, like, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I still, I am still email heavy because yeah. it's still easy to reach people because yeah. they're looking at their email yeah. versus, you know, sending them a text message. Maybe that's just inappropriate still. A lot of people feel like that can be very invasive because yeah. it's so immediate and, you know, a lot of us mix our personal with our work phone. Exactly. So we've got, you know, one phone that we're using and therefore a text could come up through at seven o'clock at night. You know, I'm at my kid's soccer game. It can feel very, ooh, yeah. you know, I'm not comfortable with this. So. And that is so that you bring up a good point. Like yeah. if you're going to email somebody in off hours yeah. because you don't want to send a yeah. text that might be, you know, just invasive, yeah. you're going to get emails at all times of the hours. You, you might get you one at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., yeah. 1 a.m. It just, and that's why it just the, the flow of email will constantly be there. Yeah. So I'm skeptical to say could you turn off email for one day? I just, yeah. if you want to feel the repercussions of it the next day, then, yeah. then absolutely you could. You know, I'll, I'll challenge you on that <laughs> only to the degree that I Please actually do. have a delayed send on my email. So I actually, when Explain I Explain how you email, do that. So within Outlook, at least, I'm yeah. only, only familiar with Outlook, you can go in and basically um, allow, like when you're finished with an email, you hit send and then it just sits in your outbox. And you actually have to go into your outbox and hit send and receive to send out all those emails. And I do that on purpose to protect myself because often there's chatter back and forth between the team and whatever I'm replying on gets resolved gets really solved, quickly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and also I find that I'm notorious for not attaching things, for sending something to the wrong person, which in HR you don't want to do. That's a death wish. <laughs> so, you know, for me, it allows me that one final check to make sure that I've replied only to the most recent email that I'm sending to the right people, that I've actually attached things. Often I'll want to add something in or you know, delete something out based on, you know, other thoughts that have gone through my brain between then. And what happens is I'm sending 15 emails, let's say at a time, and it cuts down dramatically on back and forth. Should I be sending and receiving that entire, let's say half hour block. Yeah. So I'm actually a big believer in that. Again, it works for my job. It may not work for other people's, you know, where there's an immediate need for responsiveness. I think about our payroll team that's working, working on payroll yeah. deadlines. They have to hear back from a client by three o'clock. There has to be a lot of back yeah. and forth very urgently. But, um, you know, there's just, there's lots of tools. I think the most important message in my mind when I'm talking to email about people, to, you know, people about managing their email and not being managed by it is look at your habits talk to other folks. There's a tremendous amount of books out there that are great around Tons this topic, you know. Um, and I'd love to hear, like, as we're just sort of yeah. talking about this, I know you've spent a lot of time on refining your email habits. Yeah. Maybe you talk about a couple of things that you've benefited from and yeah. then I'll do the same because I, I think yeah. both of us, we, we're reading so many things about a lot, yeah. email and time management, all that stuff. Yeah. Let's just, for the listeners, yeah. I, I think they would benefit from, from it. From a storage perspective in terms of folders and, and kind of getting a system down and then also for a, how do you craft a really powerful email? I, my go-to is The Hamster Revolution. Um, that's a great book that's very, very readable, very quick, um, that has a great methodical process for both creating, if you, if you like acronyms, creating folders. Um, they use the CODA hmm. system, um, which is, I believe, client, output, team, and admin. And then they also have another system for you know, crafting a great email, which I'm going to get wrong, but I believe it's ABC. So... The A, I think, stands for opening, but I'm not getting it right. I look at me <laughs> failing right now. Yeah, the, the B is like the main components, and then the C is the closing. So I, I forgive me for butchering that. Um, but anyway, great book, very readable, and very um, helpful in that direction. Send is another one that's really good, S-E-N-D. 
um, that I've read that talks about, you know, brevity and email as well. So, you know, the, the tips and tools that I've used from those two books are, again, the delayed send power drafts. So if you have something that you send over and over again, a parts order, or for me, you know, a request for leave paperwork from the internal team, and it needs all these details in it, then creating one draft, saving it in your drafts folder. So instead of sending it, you just save it. In Outlook, there's a function called Quick Parts. Yep, yep. It's essentially the same thing. So you can go to the Quick Parts function and insert it in. Oh, that's great. See, I didn't even know. <laughs> and you could build it. You basically build a library, I think, yeah. in folders oh, of that's great. certain types of emails that you'd use. Yeah, so. see, I'm doing that very low-tech version by <laughs> having like just all put, these drafts. Yeah, you just have a bunch of drafts. Where I do, the, yeah. The yeah quick Parts that's is in Quick there. Parts is fabulous. Yeah, so using, those, using the tools as much as you can. And then I think, you know, really, people respond visually to bullets. So if you have a lengthy email, so agree with that. bulleting, and then frankly, if it's a long email that's going to be below the fold, you know, then having an attachment um, is really critical. Those are my big, big tips. How about you, Brandon? The, there's probably three things that, there's probably more, but three things that come to mind. When you're communicating, the subject line is so important. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times that I'm on the receiving end. I have no idea what I'm getting because it's a forward and the subject line has nothing to do with what somebody's either asking me or doing yeah. an FYI. So changing the subject line or even if it's a first email, making it as intuitive as possible. Yeah. Not I'm like right. hello as a subject yeah, right. line. No, like <laughs> confirming meeting at 3 p.m. on yeah. Tuesday. Like that would yeah. be a good subject line Most for me. Most people don't know that you can change, you know, from emails that you, you receive, you can those. change email, you know, titles yeah. so that they're more searchable. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So that's one. It, this is hard. This, this one's a little tougher for me, but if I can get to a zero inbox, that's to me the, the best situation. So yeah. you talk about folders, I have the same kind of systems, but if yeah. I can get basically to where I'm only looking at emails one time and yeah. I'm doing something with it, Touch whether it it's, once. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. read it multiple times and say, eh, I'm gonna get to it later and just yeah. leave it in the inbox. No, you do something with it. You, you know, and to-do pile or archive yeah. it or respond right right then and there. Yeah, agreed. So you're doing something with it and then at, that, at some point you have a zero inbox yeah. and everything's flagged if, if you need it. The last thing, which is the obvious one, is notifications. Yeah. Get rid of all notifications. Yeah, I agree. I turn off the ones where the windows pop up. Yeah. I get rid of the dings, all yeah, that. I me just, too. Me it's too. so distracting. And I if you're agree. working on a project where you need heads down time for a couple hours and if yeah. you're just, you hear a ding, and you yeah. hear, it's like the Pavlov's dog thing. You're you just, start, you, you start, start salivating yeah. because you're like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to respond to this email. It's insane. <laughs> So, so uh, to me, if, if anybody wants to start with something, I think yeah. getting rid of notifications is the absolute first thing you yeah. need to do. I thought of another one that I use all the time that I was surprised that some people don't know about, which is you can drag an email into your calendar and create yes. a task from I love that. that. I love that. So that sometimes I'm guilty of, like you, I have my goal is in life is a zero, <laughs> zero yeah. inbox, right? So I will sometimes, if I know that something's going to take more time, drag it into my calendar for you know a later time, and it has all the details from the email. You have to change the time from the current moment when you drag it in to let's say Friday instead of you know Wednesday. Yeah. But um, it's it's a brilliant process. And then of course your calendar winds up packed, so you have yes. to actually march through those things. But if you honor that time frame, you know it's really a great way of you know, kind of keeping lean and mean and having all the details you need when you start that project right at hand. So. The other thing I just kind of noticed, and especially this is on the receiving end, is I, I notice when people are less experienced in email, they will drag on a very easy point forever yeah. and they'll make like, 
two, three paragraphs to, yeah. to get across a simple point yep. when they could have just cut to the chase, yep. had no little small talk stuff. I agree. Cut down on the smiley faces. I, I yeah. do like having some emotion, exclamation points, smiley yeah. faces are fine. Yeah. But when you're trying to get across something, writing a novel isn't helpful because nobody wants to sit there and read it. Right. So just getting right to the chase. Bullet points is a good one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. But just basically... Probably having some email etiquette training yeah. or just how to craft the perfect email. I probably, agree. Probably need to go through some sort of training like that. I agree. And a lot of companies are doing book clubs like we are now. So having maybe the whole executive team or the entire management team or the entire company read a book like, you know, Send or, you know, Hands to Revolution, agree. you know, just really could create a culture shift that just makes sure that you are lean and mean yeah. and efficient, you know, and, and effective, that those emails are not taking away from work-life balance, which that, is what usually happens. And that's the thing is like, and this is why we're talking about this on an HR podcast is because, you know, as HR people, we, I'm speaking for the general population of HR people, but I'm, I'm thinking that HR people are like, why are we not as productive as we could be? Yeah. And it's because a lot of us drown in email and we yeah. spend 60, 70% of our day just sitting there responding to emails. And yeah. maybe that's makes up the majority of our, our jobs and, and especially in the in the white collar business yeah. environment. But if there's ways to cut down on those mm -hmm. things, we can spend more time on creating new things or, or just working on projects and, and nailing those things down. See, that's the beauty of the Brand and Molly partnership is that you're going for productivity and my version of HR is, why are people not happier? <laughs> so, that too. So, uh, you know, for me, I think, you know, less email equals yeah. more face-to-face -face conversations, more time for relationships. Yeah. You know, whether it's your personal life or your your work life, that you have stronger relationships because you're not buried in email. Yeah. So That's, That is a fantastic point. I think that was the point in this article is the relationship piece. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, if you have the opportunity to call your client right. or email them, do it. what do you choose? Yep. Most people hide behind email. I'm one of yeah. those people sometimes, to be honest. Yeah with you. Oh yeah. It's because there's, there's limited time and it's yeah. quicker to kick out an email I agree. than it is to pick up a phone because there's so much small talk yeah. and there, but yeah. I love hearing somebody's voice. I know. When, when people call me that I know and they, yeah. they took the time to pick up the phone and actually call me and I actually picked up. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the key to it all. <laughs> that's the other factor. Did I actually pick right? up? I love talking to people and I feed off that energy and if it's me just too. email all day, how do you, how do you get energy? I agree. So. I agree. Well, think about your practices, folks, because yeah. I thought these were really interesting articles. We'll, we'll probably put the we'll, links we'll to We'll put links well, up so. to everything. But yeah, Molly, thanks. Thanks My a lot pleasure. for this awesome discussion. It was a lot of fun. Listeners, thank you for joining us for this podcast. If and if you, like, if you liked it, you should email us. No, we don't. It, no, don't do that. Just <laughs> go to iTunes and give us a, a review. Uh, email. Well, I guess, you know, hit us up on social media. How about that? Uh, just communicate with us and let us know how we're doing. Uh, give us some topics that you want to hear about in the future. And I'll get Molly back on. We'll talk about something else. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, 
and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.